Hello everybody. I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're at. If you're in the north like I am, that the spring is not showering you with too much pollen. Uh, my allergies are actually a bit better. <coughs> some coughing still remains and some sneezing, but at least I don't want to tear my ice out. So uh, I think I'll count myself uh, successful in the spring. Today, my topic is about this inner voice that we want to calm down, shut down, ignore, or obliterate, eradicate. And that's the voice of the separate self. So I'm going to ramble on my own experience and how this path of self-knowledge has caused a very conscious acceleration of the calming of this voice. I think that's the best word. Because the other ones which we hear a lot about, uh, referring to this voice of the separate self, they still remain or maintain that flavor of getting rid of because that's what we do as humans pesky things that we want to get rid of I want to get rid of my cancer as opposed to I want to harmonize that which is causing my cancer you see that's our language we declare war on things and so we want to get rid of it we, we want to eradicate it so I would just call it calm it down but better yet harmonize it harmonize that voice because that voice, my friends, is inevitable. And yet we struggle with it. That's where we find ourselves in the spiritual path as unable to get rid of the ego or still being prey of the ego and so on. And you can see even in the language that we use and the vocabulary that we have that me being prey of the ego, you know, the ego is it's pestering me. Who is the ego and who are you for this to be happening? There, it, we are projecting it as an entity, as something that actually exists and it's causing me trouble. And it does so with this voice, this inner voice. And, you know, we call some people crazy because they talk to themselves out loud, but we all do that, don't we? It's just that, you know, we are, we're a little bit more, uh, mindful of ourselves, self-conscious <laughs> in the sense of being embarrassed uh, by other people looking at us and saying, oh, he's talking to himself. But honestly, all of us are doing the same thing. We're talking to ourselves in our minds. So are we crazy too? I would say that we, we keep it to ourselves. But in any case, what's important is what this voice is telling us. You see? And usually we want to get rid of it because uh, it always had this quality of, or at least we notice it mostly, when it has this negative language against us. Because again, you can see that it's the separate self. I mean, something is complaining about another thing. So there's a sort of separation there happening. And that's disharmony, that's a conflict inside our heads cognitive dissonance we call the specific 
behaviors in our minds which are contrary to what we are um, what we know is 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 appropriate so what is this inner voice before I answer that let me backtrack a little bit and say that I can only speak from my experience and so I'm going to give you a little rundown as to how in my experience uh, this, this has been an issue. Prior to what I call in my path or in my history, prior to that I, I had this voice always and I identified with it. Of course, it's not that I, that I identify with it, but I, I thought that was me, that was all me, you see? And let's just say that that voice represented me, inside me, not with others, but inside me, that, that, that was uh, representing me. So I was a conflicted person. Then there was a moment in 2019 where I had what I call my spiritual awakening. Better yet, it is to call it a calling a simple calling to the path of seeking. Because awakening is actually something else. And I'll talk about that. But we use the word awakening in so many ways that it's, uh, it's hard to keep track of what it means now in our culture, awakening. In any case, this voice um, became something that I was aware of as the ego or the separate self and now I wanted to get rid of it because it was, I, it was determined to be uh, what was causing all this trouble in me. And so I go into spiritual practices and teachings and all sorts of activities to try to get rid of this voice because, well, the information out there says that this is possible and that you have to fast and you have to uh, consume certain psychedelics to see more about yourself, to heal, to uh, relieve trauma, to know your inner child. Your chakras is another point. You have a masculine and feminine energy which are unbalanced and so you have to check all of that. Then um, you, you start learning about Qigong and Kriyas and uh, meditation and uh, unconditional love opening your heart and so on. Oh, it's endless. There's so many things that you, um, you're told that are, these, these are the paths. Yoga, you see, all of these things are going to, to cause this, this desire result. But again, this was in the beginning stages of my, my path. And I, I explore many of these things. And yet the voice just changed. The voice now had a spiritual lingo to tell me that I was incomplete. Before, I wasn't complete. I mean, that was just my state of being. I wasn't complete. But now it's a voice telling me I am incomplete. And I am aware of the voice telling me I am incomplete. So I listen to the voice and I, 
continue to search and do more things and go to events and uh, uh, do another ceremony and so on. But what, what was it that I was looking for? What was the, the objective, really? You see, we, we don't have to complicate things and just simply say that what I was seeking was harmony. The thing is that, A, I didn't know that I was seeking harmony. And two, I didn't know what harmony was or where, where, where do you get harmony? How do you achieve harmony? Is that something that you have to accomplish somehow? How, how do we do it? It's a good question. But that's what we're doing. There is nothing, nothing in our lives as a, a way of seeking that doesn't involve harmony as the objective or as the desired result. It could be a physical activity. It could be a mental activity. It could be uh, anything, spiritual one. It doesn't matter. All we're seeking is harmony. Even if we're seeking just a thrill of the experience and some new visions and uh, uh, a new object, acquiring a new object or um, engaging in some sort of activity that is going to bring me harmony. That's all we're looking for. But we just, you know, kind of disguise it with uh, pleasure or uh, learning, um, uncovering my mission and so on. We would just put words on it. But all we're looking for is harmony. Harmony is the best word that I can find to describe this feeling of not desiring anything. You are in harmony, whether you're in pain or if you have uh, a lot of food or no food or if you have friends or no friends. I mean, harmony with whatever it is. You're not forcing one thing nor rejecting the other. And that is the purpose of the spiritual path. I mean, it can be said that it is the purpose of the spiritual path because everything is involved. Everything that uh, that exists, harmony is involved in there at some point, at some level, some degree, one way or another. So if that's what I'm seeking and I realize that, then what gives me harmony? Well, like I said, the voice that is in your head is always telling you that you are going to achieve it somehow. Let me explain now the voice. You see, our reality is made up of a perception that needs to be limited. And yet that which perceives is unlimited. Well, that makes sense. That which is unlimited cannot have a perception of limitation. So it needs to create a filter through which it sees limitation. That's what we call the mind, the cosmic mind, if you will, too. There is no experience in the universe that is infinite. Only infinity can know itself. Only awareness can know itself. You see? So for that, we create a uh, creation, this. We have uh, object and subject. And through this relationship, we know ourselves. There is no other way to know yourself. 
and better yet to experience yourself. But you see, this perception naturally needs to be of limitation, of apparent separation. That's what the mind is. In other words, it's a filter. And just like um, glasses, orange glasses, will tint everything orange, so the mind will tint infinity as separate. And you cannot see colors other than orange. You cannot see infinity with your mind. It's impossible. But why is this relevant? What does this have to do with the voice, you may say, Gabe? Why are you talking about this? Well, because we are ignoring that which is infinite in us, that which we are. We are ignoring the eye that sees through the glasses. And we see just the glasses and the coloring of the glasses. And so I associate myself with the limited perspective of the mind. In other words, I create the separate self. I am separate. Because that's how the mind experiences reality, as a separate subject. But that's not who we are, you see? And so the voice that we listen is, by default, coming from this perspective of the separate self, in which everything is limited. I share the limitations of the vision or that which causes the vision. You see? That's where the voice is generated, constantly explaining, talking about reality. And that voice, of course, has gathered some connotations of positive and negative, good and bad, and inferior, superior, and so on. And as we associate ourselves with that voice, then we create this feeling of uh, incompleteness that we naturally feel because we don't know anything. We're, we have been ignoring that which is prior to the mind. In all our lives, we have been associating ourselves with the limited perspective of the mind and creating a separate subject out of this. And we believe that the separate subject is me. In other words, I'm believing I am this character. So the first step that we need to realize, or that we need to take to realize this, is who am I in all of this? That is the question that starts the investigation. And what is this voice? Why do I listen to it? And how much does it describe me? In the direct path, the way I break it down, we take a first step into noticing that we cannot be that which we have been associating ourselves to be. In other words, we're not the mind and the body. And so we, we go into that self that is prior to the mental activity. And it's only from this point that we can talk about calming the mind, pacifying the mind, or more practically, allowing those thought patterns to dissolve, the negative thought patterns, at the very least. Because the negative thought patterns 
are the ones that once we associate with them, it's what causes the frustration and what causes the sensation of feeling limited. Anxiety, depression, sadness, anger, and so on. A lack of love. A lack of harmony. So we move into this space in which we recognize that what I essentially am is unlimited. I cannot share any of the, the description of the thought patterns. That's not me. That's simply the way in which I perceive reality. That's the way I interact with myself. So something starts happening here because you see, in the past, this is the cycle. The mind is talking. That's the, what generates the voice. I identify with that. And I say, I am this. But in the spiritual path, I come and say, well, you know, I'm here and I, I, can, I can get rid of this negative thought pattern. So I am going to do something. But who is the one that is going to do something? See, because if you're not that, then you must be something now new. And so in all of this uh, thinking, what we're actually doing is trying to find a sound that produces silence so we can keep producing it. Now you can see the folly in there because you cannot generate silence. Silence is the default mode of air until something moves and causes ripples in the air and that's what we call waves of sound. But silence is the default mode of air. In the same way, consciousness is the default mode of mind. So you cannot use the mind to do something in the mind for harmony because that's not the source of harmony. So no practice, no activity, no thought pattern, new thought pattern, which is actually the, the one that says, I have to get rid of this. I am going to pacify my mind. I am going to get rid of the ego. Who's that? When you analyze it, it's just another thought pattern. So all you're doing is substituting the thought pattern, which is a very useful way of playing with the mind. It's what we call reprogramming the mind. So you do it. And perhaps you can do it successfully with a positive entity that is now created. But you see, any positive entity that is created must have its antithesis. That antithesis is some negative form of itself. Lo and behold, in the future, this positive entity will have to confront what it created, the negative entity. And so we get now into the conflict once again. And so we say, well, this is not serving me anymore, so I need to create another one. See, because it's only the mind that creates. And as long as we associate with some sort of thought pattern, then that's what's creating our uh, potential for suffering, depression, anxiety, sadness, anger, so on. Because we keep doing it. 
We're still trying to find the frequency of sound that produces silence. What kind of hertz is that? 555, 1111? None of them. None of them will produce silence. In fact, they are the reason why you can't listen to silence. Now, of course, I'm using language metaphorically here because uh, there is no silence in the mind. There is only awareness in the mind. You see, that's the silence that we're talking about, simple awareness. So this is the step that we need to take to know who we truly are, which is awareness. There's nothing else outside awareness, just pure awareness. So we take this step and now we're in that silence. The thought patterns will now be reproduced because guess what? The mind is a conditioned beast that will continue to repeat the cycles of itself. But this cycle continues on and on as long as there is another part of the mind that is powering it. However, thought patterns will dissolve or will intensify, and I'll explain what I mean by that, will dissolve or identify uh, or intensify in the presence of awareness. Because awareness is what looks at the folly, futility of the negative thought patterns to produce any harmony or will intensify those thoughts that bring harmony, which is those thoughts of inspiration of the creation is the admiration of remembering who you are at every single moment and remaining in that beautiful state of mind, which is harmony, a harmonious mind. But I want to emphasize that what is needed is to take a step back into awareness. And that's what we call in mysticism, just uh, being aware of being aware or being in the present or being in the presence of God praying, meditating, and so on, all of these are referring to the same thing. It's the return to yourself, away from the mind. Because, I'll repeat it again, no sound can produce silence. And yet we're looking for silence with sounds. I'll mention again, because I said I will, that awakening is this. This is enlightenment. This is uh, remembering that you are God. It's that simple recognition. There's no complexities there. That's the true awakening. So I said that I wanted to reserve that word for what this actually means. That is, awakening is recognizing, not conceptually, we can recognize that in a second or a couple of seconds, as long as it takes us uh, to read or listen about it. Oh yes, I am awareness. Is that enlightenment? Is that awakening? Oh, not conceptually, no. It needs to be experienced. You need to corroborate it within yourself. And that's done through the investigation, a simple investigation into my own nature. And that's the step that in my case brought this magic which um, in a sense I associated a lot with what Ra defines or actually was done 
Elkins, who defined it in The Law of One as the ability to produce changes in consciousness or creating changes in consciousness at will. It happens naturally when you become aware, when you shine the light of awareness into your thought patterns without producing another thought pattern substitute of the other thought pattern, the false observer, I call it. That is what allows us to remain in this already perfect being. Contrary to what the voice used to say, an incomplete being, an imperfect being, full of imperfections and things that needs to improve. Because that's the separate self. The separate self only knows separation and limitations. So it longs for perfection. It longs for it. But that's not who we are. Now, some people will tell you that, yes, you're always imperfect. That's also true. Because you are never infinity, at least not in manifested form. You are already infinity. You're already God. You're already complete. But the way in which you experience yourself is through imperfections. That's why Ra calls them apparent imperfections. And that's the greatest paradox. But it, it's all reconciled within the view of non-duality, no two, no separation. And this can only be achieved, reinforced, and lived. And I say the word achieved, recognize, it's probably a better word, through the self through the nature of your being. But the implication that that has on the voice, uh, cannot explain it. If I can attempt to explain it, it's just that the light of awareness onto the thought patterns, what creates is a discernment of the uselessness of those thought patterns as a description of who I am. And it's very common for people to begin to laugh more often because you begin to listen to your own thoughts and you say, how can I believe that? How was I believing all of that in the past? And I was so involved with it, you see? So, It's not something that you do, it's what you are already. This observing of the thoughts is what you are. But it needs to take that step back into the self. Recognize that that's what you truly are. And stop confusing yourself with the separate self, which is just a belief. It's a belief to make sense of the voice that describes reality. I hope this video was helpful and useful. 
Let me know in the comments. Do you listen to this voice? Have you taken a step back already? And have you discerned between the ego and the separate, not the separate, but the absolute self, the separate self and the absolute self? Let me know in the comments. I would love to read that. For now, I have nothing else to say, but thank you very much for listening as always. And I'll see you in the next video.